Teachers are natural innovators, entertainers, and problem solvers. They dream of growing old into the profession, teaching their kids' kids. But sometimes, career goals shift or change, and that makes opportunities outside of the classroom seem intangible. Questioning, who am I if I'm not a teacher? I'm your host, Alexandra Simon. And I'm your co-host, Jody Scissors. This is The Great Teacher Resignation. We are so lucky to have our guest on the show today. Carrie Vorbach-Myers is a former French educator who has taken her love of learning and unlearning out of the classroom to guide educators back to themselves. Carrie founded Empowering Educator so she could support teachers through trauma-informed, present-moment care to empower every educator to center their own well-being and see the ripple effect in school communities. Welcome to the show today, Carrie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Really glad to have you today and looking forward to, to hearing about the work that you've been doing and how we can share this with the education community. So your topic is really timely. I know that we're getting to the point where it's summertime and teachers are just desperately needing to take some time off from school to take care of themselves. But unfortunately, a lot of teachers don't necessarily do that. My neighbor is a teacher and she's like, I'm getting ready for next school year. I'm going to be planning. Oh my goodness. So it's just, you know, these are teachers. They have realities of what the job entails and they put everything into their job, most teachers. So I'm wondering today, I have several questions for you, but I'll start off. Could you talk about the signs of an unwell teacher and tell us a little bit about what do teachers come to you about perhaps in this unwell state? Absolutely. Thanks for bringing that up. And I think it's really just the model of what has existed and been accepted in the education system for decades. We all know that we've had educators in our lives who have gone above and beyond. We've had colleagues in our lives that stay after, come early, work on the weekends, give up their evenings. And all of that shows me a lack of boundaries, a lack of agency, a lack of really tuning into what we need as human beings independent from who we are in the classroom. And that's where I think this term self-care kind of gets confused because a lot of people associate it with a massage or a pedicure, like something that on the surface feels really good. But what I'm more interested in is getting to the heart of what we need as full human beings. We talk a lot about mental wellness, right? So you can go to a therapist if you need to talk through what's going on in your life. We do social emotional learning with our students where we talk about how they can interact with one another, feel relational safety, and sort of understand the emotions that are going on in their body. As teachers, our physical health is neglected, I'd say probably number one between the lack of sleep, the over-caffeination, the fact that we don't have breaks to even use the bathroom or take our lunch. And then there's spiritual wellness to be able to see yourself as existing a part of something that is beyond you and recognizing that you showing up in all your humanity does more to teach students than you giving them an extra four assignments a week. Yeah. I'm wondering, you know, at how you've got to this point of wanting to support teachers. You are a former French 
teacher. And obviously like all teachers kind of have these different interests and passions. We know that there are the teachers that go to the school boards and they advocate and there are certain topics that are passionate about. So how did you find yourself where you are right now to go from French teacher to someone that has their own business and is ready to support educators in really deep and meaningful ways? It has been such a personal journey that I've been on over this last year since leaving the classroom. And a huge part of that was realizing that I had never in my life had space to actually tap into what my needs were. And so when I actually started thinking about like, oh, if I am not well, like emotionally, what am I going to do for support? Because as a teacher, if I didn't feel a certain way, or if something had been going on in my personal life, you know what you do, you put on a mask and you show up to your students as like Madame Myers in my case. And I just played this role while on the in side being really struggling, you know, with what was going on in my life. And when I left the classroom and I gave myself sort of space, I realized that I was having a really hard time even tapping into what my needs were. And then if I did ask for what I needed, I would feel guilty about it. I would feel shame about it. Then I learned that this is actually a trauma pattern that has been prevalent in my life since childhood. And so that took me to learning about developmental trauma. And that got me to learning about attunement survival styles, which has to do with the fact that as children, we tend to disconnect from our own needs in order to attune to the needs of our caregivers. And what that means is when we actually do have space and time to attune to our own needs, it feels foreign, it feels scary, and therefore I'm not able to continue it. So this goes way deeper than a massage or a pedicure because this is who I am. And what I need as a full person to say, you know, if I'm not well spiritually or physically, that's going to affect the other areas of my life. But since I've never had the practice of getting those needs met, it felt foreign to me. And what learning about developmental trauma taught me is that this tends to be the type of person who goes into a caregiving role because we've gotten so used to attuning to other people's needs. And then the system capitalizes upon that. We live in a capitalist society where our worth is determined by our productivity. And so teachers are just walking bags of trauma, of disconnection from themselves and from what they need. And then it becomes really hard to actually do it. So throughout my journey of connecting with my own needs and learning about developmental trauma, I realized that this is a need is for teachers to be supported as they are supporting students. Because as we were talking about offline, the world is crazy right now. And the, the world that teachers have to continue to show up in and still create safe spaces for their students, it's unreal and it's unfair. And no one is talking about what the teachers need and no one is supporting the teachers. And I just said, someone's got to change that because the system isn't going to change. So what can we do? We can learn how to show up as ourselves in our full humanity in the system and then see what that does to this next generation of learners. I recently sat in a meeting of parents and teachers and everyone was telling the teachers what they need to be doing. And none of it was related to wellness or self-care because like you were saying, adults come to work and they have trauma. And then we have a group of 30 students 
who have their own traumas and how that plays out results in extreme consequences, life altering consequences. And that is what lights my fire. Like I get so upset because no one is addressing the real issue. And what it sounds like you're doing is you've, you've identified what are some of those issues and how to, how to address them head on, because we know the school systems are not doing it. We know our elected leaders are not doing it. And we can't expect that everyone knows exactly what wellness is because on socials, you see it like, you know, getting a new outfit or, you know, a giveaway for getting a pedicure. That's not what the teacher needs. They need that deeper connection to themselves to free themselves of the anxiety and the depression and the fear of going to work. No one should have to be afraid to walk into a classroom. It's just gotten to a point where it's unreal. This is the state of, of which we live in now. Yeah. I mean, you just un, unloaded a lot there, Jody, on the the realities of what it's like being in the classroom and being an educator in in the US today. And I think what Carrie is also getting at, what I'm feeling is that the environment, the work environment for educators is not really able to support us in the way that perhaps other professional work environments can. And I'm going to share kind of a vulnerable example of myself, but my mom had terminal cancer when I was in my third or fourth year of teaching. And we knew that she was going to pass away and I was able to take off some FMLA and take care of her, but it was very strategic because I knew I couldn't miss that much school. And when she passed away, I decided it was easier to go to school the next day to get everything in order for my sub than to not go to school because there wasn't a great support system in place. But in any other field, not any other, but in a lot of other fields, you send an email to your supervisor, you tell them what happened, they will tell you don't come in the next day. You don't have to worry about sending in a sub plan, about making sure you have rosters printed out for all your classes. And you know, I think also the harm that it does, besides just to the educator, is it's actually harming the students that we teach, because we're not sharing what it's like to be a full person, right? That in life, things happen. People grieve. People are scared. People deal with trauma. And if we're we're just focused on helping our youth and helping them be successful, but we're not really helping ourselves, what kind of an example are we setting for them? We're not modeling the behavior that we should be. And I'm not saying that like we are the end all be all for the kids in our class, but you know, it was interesting when I did share with them days later, okay, I'm going to be out because my mom passed away. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like when did it happen? And I was like, it actually happened a couple of days ago, but I didn't tell you because I wasn't, you know, I was processing, I wasn't ready. And, and I wish that I could have had a little bit more humanity that I was able to, you know, to bring in that experience, but sorry, I also unloaded a lot. No, I, I actually would love to just take that as an opportunity to, to take a moment together because this is witnessing the collective unprocessed grief that exists in a teacher's body. So if it feels good to both of you, just take a moment and place your hand somewhere on your body if that feels good and maybe close down your eyes if that feels good. 
And maybe take a nice deep breath if that feels good. And anything that feels like it needs to release, let it out with this breath. That is self-care. Is just taking the moment to honor. This is who I am when I show up in my full humanity. And that shows more and teaches more to your students, to your colleagues, to your administration, than you just showing up and powering through ever could. And what's really unfortunate, you both brought up so many wonderful points. The first thing was that people telling teachers what to do is beyond angering to me because no one actually understands what a teacher does on a day-to-day basis in the classroom. And what is typically told to us to do has to only do with the cognitive, only the mental. And we spend our entire days in our brains. And what that does is it disconnects us from our emotions. It disconnects us from our bodies. It disconnects us from the people around us. It disconnects us from what is greater than us. And that's what I mean when I say wellness and when I say self-care. It is that reconnection to what is actually going to support you while you're supporting and holding space for students. Because it is more important that you say, hey, I'm having a really tough day today because I've got some personal stuff going on. I would like it if you all could be on your best behavior as we're doing this activity, because I just need a couple of minutes to be with what I'm feeling while I'm also showing up for you. And when I think about myself as a student, and if I had heard teachers do that to me, and I would have been like, oh, it's okay to like feel big feelings and still show up to work or not if you know the cases which you know FMLA and taking time off and the subsystem is also beyond ridiculous for teachers but i just think about what would be possible to show students that we can be a whole human and we can show up as a fulfilled resourced person. And then what does that do? It allows us to have more curiosity, more joy, and more fulfillment in the classroom. And that ripple effect feels way more important than, like I said, adding another like test to their grade book. Like who cares? (laughs) I often get asked if I will go back in the classroom. And my answer is always, well, right now my answer is no. And my answer is no, because I am very broken. I was whole, you know, two years after I, I left. And then after my mom passed of COVID, I broke again. And like Allie, like if I had been in the classroom when that had happened, I would have quit my job on the spot. There was no way I could have endured being in the classroom and dealing with the grief of losing a mom who had nine children. Okay. I have eight siblings. And so that brokenness is still such a part of me that I don't have the resilience to go support others who have their own trauma right now, because I have to work on me so I can be healthy for me first, then my spouse and my, and my daughter It just would not be like right now, the answer is no, an absolute no. 
in the future? Is that the answer? I don't know, but I can tell you what my answer is now. And I think, Jody, what you said, educators really need to hear that, that it's okay to know that you have a limit, that you have a boundary, that you cannot be all of these things at once and your personal well-being has to take priority in your life. I mean, that is a that is a huge trauma that I can tell you I'm still not done processing. And, and my mom passed away many years before yours did. And that's okay. I also think it's scary when you think about leaving something that you've given so much of your life to. And so not everybody who's listening to this episode might have the courage. And I hope that our stories will allow them to know that it's okay to leave. And it's also okay to come back because you may be able to deal with with the trauma. You may be able to heal and to process and decide that that is where you want to be ultimately. It's not black and white. And I think that sometimes we feel as teachers, like it is black and white. You're either a teacher or you're not a teacher. And as we talk about a lot, you're always a teacher. That is a part of your identity that you're never going to let go of. But right now, maybe you can't be a teacher. And I I also took time off from teaching after that loss. And I grieved a lot, a lot, a lot. And I had time to process because I wasn't in the classroom. And I don't think I would be the same person today if I didn't do that. I really don't. So I hope that our stories get to some of you that are listening and and unpacking, Carrie, like what you outlined. So what we were going to ask you is, you know, what is educator self-care? And you so well described that to us, like what what it can look like to really take care of yourself and not in the self-care that we we read on social media. I would ask you to maybe close us out on why do educators need that type of wellness support and that type of self-care now more than ever? Why would you say they need it now? For all of the things that we've just talked about, I mean, we have been the front line of defense for decades. And we have worn so many different hats from content specialist to content creator to performer to creative director to human resources to guidance counselor. Like we have to do so many things on a daily basis in the classroom. And what I like that you both brought up was this idea of being a teacher and how that relates to our full identities. And that's part of the reason behind the word choice educator in empowering educators, because I see educators as people who help influence others to understand the world and themselves and their place in it. And what is missing from the education system as we know it is 360 degree care for teachers. And I would say with the teachers I've worked with and the ones who I plan on working with, so much just comes from giving them a space to say, this is what I do on a daily basis. And to have someone say, that's a fucking lot. And that's really hard to carry on your own. And we were never meant to carry all of these traumas on our own. And so I think just having spaces for teachers to be seen in their full humanity, to be celebrated for all the wonderful things they do in their life, to envision what might be possible 
within this system or these systems of oppression for how we can still continue to show up and do what we want in the world so that we're then showing that and modeling that for our students. And for me, you know, the idea of being a teacher is like, it's part of who I am. I am an educator by nature. And so the traditional being in the classroom with students with the system as it is, like, I'm not going back to that. But what can I do? I can teach teachers how to tend to themselves, and then they can go into their classrooms and model that. That will have a ripple effect on the families that they teach, the communities that they're in, and that is how we exist and thrive in this system. Thank you so much, Carrie. We really appreciate your time on the show today. And for anybody that's interested in learning more about Empowering Educator, we're going to share Carrie's information in our notes for the show and also on our social. But I want to tell you a little bit about something that's coming up. Empowering Educator is creating and hosting a 14-week summer series to learn about obstacles to self-care and wellness and gradually introduce actionable commitments to well-being so that teachers can sustain their summer selves throughout the school year. So be sure to check it out. Instead of like hot girl summer, it's like summer selves. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to be a hot girl. You yeah, no, you just need a summer cell. You need to be yes. a well a well girl. Well girl. Sure. This well girl summer. <laughs> I love it. If you like the great teacher resignation, give us a five-star rating and follow us on Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. This episode was written and recorded by me, Alexandra Simon, and my co-host, Jody Scissors. Produced by Jody Scissors. Original music, Emoji, by Tubebacker. Special thanks to our sponsor, Paper Plains Ed. <laughs>